Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of All Things College and Career. Today we have Michaela Gary. She is a urban and regional planner, and we will get into all about her career. Yes, and full disclosure, Michaela is my daughter, so obviously so proud of her and so excited to have her on the podcast. And my Uh, niece. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Michaela. And for anybody out there that's considering becoming an urban or regional planner, I think you will gain a lot from this podcast. You definitely will. Michaela is awesome. Okay. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get on to the podcast. Let's do it. Hello, Michaela Gary. Welcome to All Things College and Career. Thank you so much for doing our podcast today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. We are delighted to have you, Michaela. And where are we talking to you from today? Um, I'm coming to you from Lexington, Kentucky. How are things down there in Kentucky? They're warm, they're sunny, a little muggy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're trying to get out of the cold and rain, so, you know, that's where we're at. (laughs) Yeah, come down for a visit when the quarantine's over. I know, exactly. And that was, you know, we wanted to ask you, how are things for you guys during this quarantine? Um, They've been pretty good. I've been fortunate to still be able to work. I'm working primarily from home now, four days a week. And then going in one day a week to man the phones for our office. So we don't quite have the technology for forwarding the phone calls yet. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) So do you guys take turns doing that, the Um, manning the phones? We do, yes. We have two Mm -hmm. people going a day, essentially. So we all have one day of the week. Right. And are you enjoying it at all? Or is it just, are you finding ways to enjoy it? Or is this just a slog right now for you? Um, It's a bit of both. The weather being nice has helped, and I got a new puppy a couple months ago, so that helps. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. It's been a good quarantine buddy. (laughs) Such a good time to have a puppy, you know. Oh, Mm -hmm. I know. It's been slow in the office, so we had to cancel all of our April public meetings, so trying to get all the board members up to speed on Zoom and technology is always a challenge. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big learning curve, right? (laughs) Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So listen, Michaela, let's get into what you're on the podcast for today, which is to talk about your education and career. And Mm -hmm. as you know, because I'm sure you've listened to many of our podcasts, (laughs) (laughs) we like to start by asking our guests three things that they love about their job. So what what do you have for us? All right. So three things that I love about my job, I would say the first is just helping people, you know, before the quarantine, we would have a lot of people drop in or call in and ask questions. So just generally helping the public, helping applicants through the board of adjustment process and helping developers through the planning commission process can always be rewarding work. You know, dealing with property and land use, it's generally the biggest investment that people will make in their life. So It's Mm. fun and exciting to try and help people, you know, accomplish what their dream homes or dream goals are. So um, I enjoy that. Another thing I enjoy about my job is making interpretations of the zoning ordinance. Our zoning ordinance is pretty old. We don't have a super comprehensive ordinance as far as having full all the land uses listed out and things of that nature. So um, a lot of times when we get phone calls, we do have to make an interpretation um, for unique 
applications or proposals that do come up. So I enjoy doing research, seeing if it's something that we've dealt with before, kind of putting my opinion and my recommendation on it, and then uh, collaborating with the other planners on staff as well to come up with answers for people on that. And then Mm. um, I would say the third thing I enjoy is working on new projects. So some of the development projects that we have come in can be pretty interesting to look at to see what they're looking to do, going through the regulations to figure out if it's in compliance, and then, you know, things of that nature, reviewing the plans and uh, plats that might be associated with it. So I do enjoy that aspect as well. So interesting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, Mick, that you, Michaela, that yep. you probably, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time doing that. It I sounds know. like, Mick, it sounds like, Michaela, that you like to, you're a problem solver, that you like to solve problems, especially when you're interpreting things that aren't quite spelled out. It's kind of like a, I don't know, solving a case or a mystery. Or a, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah. quite that exciting, but it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I do enjoy that aspect of it. It kind of challenges you and it keeps things more interesting and fresh um, rather yeah. than everything being so cut and dry and not having to, you know, put, put as much thought and effort into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you must probably when you're helping people, when you said the first thing that you love to do is helping people mm-hmm. get their dreams there, build their house or buy that land. But I'm sure once in a while, there's some disappointment in there. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's generally the hardest part of the job is dealing with a public that might be upset about a contentious application or having to tell somebody that they're not able to do something that you know, that they're looking to do on their property because it doesn't fit in with the zoning warrants. It's never enjoyable, but, you know, the regulations are are there for a reason and hopefully it's working to protect people's properties and working to protect and enhance the community. So I kind of have to remind myself of that sometimes. Right, the long run, the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. When you mention a contentious application, what does that look like? Does it mean neighboring property owners? Are- yes, it's generally neighboring property owners. Um, I, I always love to compare my job to parks and recreation, um, some of the public <laughs> meetings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the public meetings you see on there, you can see some interesting individuals that show up, but they're certainly passionate neighbors that you know, come in and might have concerns that have been warranted about a new application or proposal or development that might be coming in. So, you know, we've had meetings that have gone on until one in the morning and wow. we've had a guy throw a head of cabbage at us, throw papers everywhere. Oh. It's- <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it gets crazy, right? It, yeah. it can get crazy, especially when it's one in the morning, anything goes. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, Everybody's strung out on coffee, oh, 12, <laughs> 20 cups of coffee. Yeah, my, my co-worker's giving me a hard time because I'm chugging an espresso shot at like midnight, but... <laughs> we're deep here I I know you gotta do what you gotta do (laughs) oh my gosh that's funny I love that so Michaela what exactly is an urban and regional planner Mm -hmm. well you know it can take on a lot of different forms I work in in a city and county joint commission so I'm primarily dealing with land use and zoning Um, but there's a lot of different forms of urban and regional planning like you said some people are regional planners so they're working on a broader scale a lot of times working on transportation more so than land use. Um, there's environmental planners, housing planners. So it kind of just depends on what area you're focused on. So 
My primary mm-hmm. focus is obviously land use and zoning. So I'm going to be dealing with new industrial, commercial, and residential development. And then I also work for the Board of Adjustment as a staff person. So I'm dealing with variance and conditional use permit requests. So that's more of an ad hoc, uh, single property, looking at, you know, somebody's trying to add a porch onto their home and they're not meeting our setback requirements or somebody's looking to do a home occupation. They might want to, you know, hold gym classes twice a week in their basement with a few people or, you know, Mm -hmm. something of that nature. So... Yeah, so interesting. So Michaela, because as you know, we talk about colleges on this podcast as well. And Mm -hmm. we know that you started out your college career at Gettysburg College. That's correct. Fabulous (laughs) school. Do great work. Great campus. Yeah, yeah. So many great (laughs) things. So close to DC. There's there's a lot of things, a lot of history there. But Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little about Gettysburg and who do you think would be a good fit for that school? What kind of student? Sure. It's a small liberal arts school, um, like you said, in Pennsylvania. So I loved my experience there. I think there were about 2,500 students. So it was a good size. You got to know a lot of the students. You really got comfortable on the smaller campus and living on campus, getting to know everyone. Um, Mm. I also ran cross country and track there. I did cross country for four years and indoor and outdoor track for two years. So I got to meet a lot of the athletes. We shared locker rooms with the soccer team. Mm. We got to do a pre-camp or a summer training camp for two weeks. So all the athletes were on campus then. So we got, you know, we got to (laughs) meet a lot more people that way. Um, But I enjoyed it because the class sizes were smaller. So if you're looking for, you know, smaller class sizes and the chance to really get to know the community as a whole and get comfortable on a smaller campus, I think it's a great setting. It also just has a lot of different and unique opportunities. Um, It has a special Civil War Studies course that I was super fascinated with when I was applying to colleges and then didn't end up getting to pursue it. But they also have a lot of unique history there. I got to run through the battlefields every day for practice. And that is so cool. Um, it has a really cute little downtown. So I love the yeah. experience yeah. there. But yeah, it's got a beautiful downtown. And yeah, so much history there. It's really unique. What would you suggest would be a good college major for somebody considering becoming an urban and regional planner? Like, what is the educational path you need to pursue? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd recommend following my educational path. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I took a lot of turns along the way. I started as a biochemistry major, switched to biology, had a brief stint with health sciences before I settled <laughs> on environmental studies. Um, yeah, so no. I, I kind of bounced around, but I think that's kind of the beauty of an, of urban and regional planning, if you're interested in going into that, it is more of an interdisciplinary field. So mm-hmm. I ended up taking a lot of courses in, you know, obviously environmental science, as well as economics, history, math, political science. And I've found that they've all really benefited me. So I would mm-hmm. say follow your heart. I do mm-hmm. believe some pro- or some schools have urban and regional planning as an undergrad degree. So, you, you know, you could go that route as well. But otherwise, I, I would say just follow your interests and you might find yourself um, right. in the well, urban and regional planning field. Right. But if you had to narrow it down to like mm-hmm. the top three majors that you think would be the most helpful if they didn't offer specifically in a degree in urban and regional planning mm-hmm. as an undergrad, what would you? Um, 
I, I think history would be really beneficial. Um, it, it gives you a lot of good writing skills. It also just gives you a good background in how our country came to be in uh, different aspects of the world. And it gives you that interesting perspective, political science as well. It, again, it, it's helpful to have those writing skills. It's helpful to have a better understanding of how government works because um, you are going to be within that bureaucratic <laughs> and right. governmental affairs when you're working in a, at least in a small local community, um, you are mm-hmm. going to be dealing with that. But I think environmental studies as well, because, or environmental science, it does have a focus and an emphasis on interdisciplinary study when you're focusing on sustainability. And a lot of what planning does is trying to promote sustainability and promote smart and sustainable growth. So um mm-hmm. I yeah you know it's hard to say it's right. it's really kind of what aspect of planning you want to focus on as well good point um, yeah so what you, would you yeah. say about like policy or um economics mm-hmm. um economics is certainly an important aspect of understanding planning and making good planning decisions and recommendations you know like I said it is an interdisciplinary Field. So it's really important to have that broad aspect. So I would mm-hmm. say take as many courses as you can in all those different fields. Um, and it would be beneficial to you and also take things outside of your comfort zone because you never know when, <laughs> when something yeah. is going to apply. And, you know, the more mm-hmm. you know, the better off you're going to be. But they do a master's programs in urban and regional planning. So that's kind of where you can narrow your focus more if that's something you know, that the student is interested in doing is pursuing postgraduate degree. And is that it what you did, help Michaela? That is what I did. I got my master's in urban and regional. Well, I got a master's in regional planning um, at the University at Albany. Um, it was a great program. It opened a lot of doors for GIS and political, well, essentially energy. I did a year as an energy analyst intern, and then I did a year as a GIS intern. So it, it kind of right. opened some doors to work on different aspects of that. So I was working in the Department of Environmental Protection, as well as the Attorney General's office. And then I worked at NYSERDA um, as an energy analyst intern. So great opportunities there in Albany. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, being right at the capital. Yeah, being, in a, yeah. being in the capital and having a smaller community there. Um, and the university is so well connected with all those internships. So the professors were really a big part in getting getting students involved and helping them get internship opportunities. So it was really great for me. Right. And those internships are instrumental in getting that first real job, right? Having a little bit of work yeah. experience and yeah. Oh yeah. To work put experience on the is, is key yeah. and having things to put on your resume. It's one thing to have the degree, but if you don't have the applicable experience, mm-hmm. um, employers generally are looking for that. I've certainly found that through my career so far. So right. Right. That's yeah. a good point. So you mentioned you could maybe pick a focus more as a graduate student. Like, what are the different areas you could potentially focus in? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't go to a school that had this as a um, as an undergraduate program uh, for urban and regional planning. My environmental studies degree certainly talked about planning as a potential career path for students because it was an interdisciplinary study. So they they did talk about it throughout our courses. But mm-hmm. in graduate school, where I attended, they had three main focuses. So it was housing development, um, land use and environmental planning, as well as transportation planning were the three big different, you know, fields that you could study. 
Right. No, but where would you say the most opportunities lie for employment? I would say with communities for the most part, working as a land use planner um, Mm -hmm. or as a transportation planner are the ones that I see most common. I worked honestly more as a as a housing planner in my first job working for the city of Manchester with HUD, so housing mm-hmm. and urban development. So we were working on managing managing and administering grants. Um, so that was one aspect that you know my studies took me through my career path, and now I'm working as a more of a land use planner. But transportation planning, they do, do seem to have a lot of opportunities with that, and it's it's a more direct skill set as far as doing more analysis, doing more math and statistics, and you're working with specific programs um, that are doing transportation modeling and and things like that. So if you're more interested in an analytical type of field, transportation planning is probably for you. But if you're interested more in working with reports and doing public meetings and some administrative work and things of that nature, uh, land use planning is probably where you'd find yourself. So... Yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah. <laughs> that is a yeah. great yeah. tip. But what about environmental planning? Is mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so it seems like that's primarily through consulting work or with bigger cities. Um, smaller mm-hmm. communities aren't really going to have specific focuses, at least not through my experience. I've seen um, they tend to have you know one, two, maybe three planners on staff. So you're right. kind of a do it all <laughs> as far as generalist, that's more of a generalist, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But if you yeah. work for a consulting firm, I think there's some national companies and probably some companies through bigger cities that are dealing with more environmental planning type work. So you might work on environmental impact studies or dealing with environmental regulation or working with engineers and dealing with some of the policy and permitting that goes along with that. It kind of reminds me of like working at a big company or a startup as an you know as an engineer, which is my background. Mm-hmm. So if you're at the startup, you get to wear a lot of hats and cross over to a lot of departments because yeah. you just have to. There's just yeah. not a lot of people doing the work. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you and right there, you are in charge of these four departments. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, you're wearing a lot of hats, whereas right. in a big company, mm-hmm. it's a different thing. You can be more focused on stuff. But I kind of yeah, like exactly. wearing a lot of hats approach to me because to me, it's just more stimulating. Yeah, Yeah, especially when you're starting out because it really gets you more exposed to different things. And then you might Mm -hmm. find what you actually like, or you might find that you enjoy doing all of it. So I think when you're first starting out, it's such a benefit to be able to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Great exposure. Yeah. 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 I mean, in, in our office here, we... We essentially have two planners, and then our director is a planner. By throughout his career, he's been a planner. So he, but he's obviously managing the budget and overseeing our whole office. But we have a short-term and long-term planners. How we define it? So I would be the short-term planner on staff because I'm working more directly with the land use and zoning aspect of applications and things that come in. And our senior planner works more on the long range planning. So that would be comprehensive plans or any other type of plans that your community would put out as far as like Mm -hmm. PED plan or transportation plans or anything of that nature that's looking at a more long term outcome of what you're trying to get your community to and what your vision and objectives are for the community. Mm. Yeah. So when you go into work, Michaela, on a mm-hmm. typical day, which is we're not in typical times right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. So <laughs> I know everything's just right out the window. But yep. pre-COVID, <laughs> pre-COVID. Yep. Tell us, take take us through like a typical day work day for you. Okay. It can vary somewhat, but my job is very cyclical. 
and what I do as far as um, going through the application deadlines and filing deadlines for that because I work I, I'm the staff person technically for four board of adjustments. I really only work with two. The other two are kind of defunct. We probably get one application every two or three years for mm. for them. So dealing with those applications and then dealing with the planning commission applications. So it kind of is a, I like to view it as a cyclical process. So the week of mm-hmm. filing deadlines, you know, it's putting together the files, working up on creating the agenda, making sure and doing follow-up with any of the applicants to make sure we have all the information that we need, putting together notification letters and things of that nature. So it's a little bit more administrative as far as what I'm primarily working on. But every day we get a lot of phone calls and a lot of drop-ins and a lot of emails and just general questions. So I can spend a lot of my day uh, talking on the phone, talking with people that drop in or doing research for questions that people are asking. So sometimes I can get a phone call and I can answer it in a second. Other times it will take me two, three hours of work research um, yeah. yeah research going through old files and archives or doing some research as far as the zoning ordinance or um, consulting with our attorney or things of that nature so um and it kind of always yeah go ahead oh no go ahead I was just gonna say are people always anxious like to get an answer or, or like under pressure or putting you under pressure to get um, them <laughs> or are people it, pretty chill or how does it go it, it goes both ways, you know, mm-hmm, um, yeah. some people are, are more chill, but some people, they might have a closing that they're trying to take mm. care of. So they need an answer right away or developers tend to be more, uh, <laughs> more timely. Yeah, done. they want to yeah, get the yeah. project off the ground or they want to get the project going. So it, it, it costs me money here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Time is money. <laughs> yeah. Time is money. Right. Yeah. So it, it kind of depends um, on the person. But generally, if I don't have an answer, I'll just tell them that they have to wait. But right. Um, right. Yeah. And then another going back through the cycle, once you're taking care of more of the administrative aspect of that, of the filing deadline cycle. Um, we do have a TRC meeting, so we'll meet with all the different agencies, so uh, fire department, utility companies, water, sewer, etc. Um, we'll all get together in a room and meet with the applicants to go over their plans, uh, give oh. feedback and comments. That's so a good we idea. Do so it's kind of comprehensive, so you're yeah. all in one room. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. Exactly, and it helps us a lot because obviously we... We don't want to give input on what the utility companies will need for access and easements um, right. and things of that nature and what meets fire code. So, And we also meet with our engineer. We have an engineer in our office, so he deals with a lot of the stormwater management and drainage and grading and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, so we all get together in a room and we also... I'm responsible for writing up staff reports. So that's a big, big part of the job um, as a planner is writing up your staff reports and recommendation. They're really important because it's going to be what the planning commissioners and board of adjustment members use to interpret the regulations and understand what the ordinance says, what the regulations say, what past history we've done in the community and whether it fits into what our long-term goals are. So that's a big part of the job and it, yeah. it takes up a quite a chunk of time when you're going through the cycle of working on that. So as you pointed out from college is that writing skills are really important. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is why, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they use your presentation to base their decision on. Is that what you? Yep. Um, ultimately, planners as don't a guideline have- yeah, they we don't have the authority to make any decisions, at least in our community. Every community is slightly different. 
Mm -hmm. um, as far as some planners might have the authority if everything meets the regulations on a development plan, they might be able to sign off on it. But in our community, it has to go through a public hearing process. And then the appointed commissioners or board members would be the one that would make the decision on it. But we try and guide that decision and, you know, give our recommendation based on the documents and regulations that we have access to. And then we just go from there. So um, it doesn't, they don't always agree with our recommendations, but for the most part, developers are generally looking for, you know, staff support. So. Right. What percentage of the time would you say they go along with your recommendation? Um, (laughs) recently it's been less, but generally it's probably 90%, 95% on Mm. something like that. It's sometimes zone changes are the big ones that we see some divergence to because that's more of a political. Yeah, I was going to say politics probably get into this a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> zone changes, it does have to go through city council yeah. or whatever the governing body is. Um, so that certainly gets more political. Um, sometimes a developer will go straight to the mayor and say, "We want to bring this to the community." You know, right, it, it kind of depends. <laughs> Not necessarily overriding, but um, <laughs> may go against what staff recommendation is. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. they're just trying to do the best thing for the community and so are we so right right you all have the same ultimate goal hopefully yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm wondering are they not pushing things through right now because like they're trying to slow down building projects I don't know Um, again doing because of COVID-19 I'm just wondering like are they discouraging building projects right now Um, or well not not really our community is growing so fast it's the fastest growing county in Kentucky right now so it's just (laughs) it's booming. booming we've been very busy and our it's a beautiful little town, Georgetown. It Kentucky. is. It's yeah. It's a beautiful little town. We have the main headquarters of Toyota there, um, so that's why it's grown so much over the last twenty years. Um, Toyota decided wow. to put their main manufacturing plant there, and everything's kind of grown and stemmed from there. So it it's definitely <laughs> right. a growing community. But um, recently, yeah, we've had some issues with the uh, with the sewer being maxed out at capacity. So. That's slowing some development, but they're they're working on addressing that situation. So Georgetown yeah, is wow. still <laughs> steadily yeah growing pains. Yeah, right? growing. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So infrastructure can be an important aspect of planning and guiding development and determining what the actual limits or potential is for the community as well. It's kind of exciting though. Like if you're in a growth you know, community, Mm -hmm. because it makes your job more exciting and challenging because you have to make sure you're doing it right. So you don't sacrifice the beauty of your location. Yeah, exactly. I think it's been such a shock for some of the community members have lived there their whole life. Um, They have memories of where the main road goes now playing baseball out there because it was just a tiny little (laughs) county road with farmland. So it's like, it's just, yeah, it's It's a a big adjustment big adjustment for people. exactly yeah. so trying to balance that history and rural aspect of the community as well as the growth yep tricky yep because <laughs> not everybody's going to be happy that's for sure you can't please everyone and nope yeah i can imagine <laughs> yep <laughs> i can imagine some of those 1 a.m meetings oh um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what other skills might be important for a job as a planner um i would definitely say customer service skills 
um, because you are going to be dealing with the public a lot as far as um, handling phone calls and drop-ins and, you know, answering questions that the public and developers may have. You're also going to be working with a lot of different agencies. You have to be a liaison of sorts of dealing with building inspection, the fire department, utility companies, engineers. Um, Mm. There's a lot of different people that or agencies that have a invested interest in new development that's coming about. But also writing skills, like I mentioned, staff reports are going to be extremely important. Writing emails, <laughs> writing yeah, interpretations yeah. of, it's it's a big part of the job. If you don't enjoy writing a lot of reports, it's probably not for you. Um, and then right. finally, public speaking is definitely an important skill. Um, you're going to have to present at public hearings, present your findings and recommendations from your report, um, as well as answering questions and uh, things wow, of that that's nature. that's a tough so, one. Is that something yeah. that comes natural to you? or is Absolutely that something not. You- <laughs> <laughs> it's like nails on a chalkboard, but, you know, it's, it's part of the job. So, <laughs> so you, yeah, yeah. You're probably getting better at it, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would I would say for the most part, it's gotten a lot easier. It can be a little stressful during those contentious meetings, knowing that yeah. you're about to go present your report, and then about 30, 40 people might be not quite so Ripping happy with what off, you're saying. Throwing cabbage at you. <laughs> yeah. <or>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wear a helmet. Yeah, wear, wear a helmet. helmet. <laughs> yeah, you but should it, go in there and like put on a helmet, safety glasses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, hockey pads. Oh my right, gosh. Right. I, got, I have my report. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh I'm gosh. ready. That <laughs> reminds me, me of a right? friend's... Yeah. Uh, friend's daughter when she was learning how to drive he put on all that gear to, for the yep, first time I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah it's hysterical yeah it's protection hysterical. but yeah, yeah it sounds exactly. like, to do it it sounds like to be a planner a city planner you really need a comprehensive skill set or be a well-rounded kind of as you said a generalist in a lot of different areas mm-hmm. yeah that's, yeah that's my belief at least just because I think planning and development has it touches so many aspects of, of different fields and it has such an importance on sustainability and, and growth and what you want to see for the long-term development of the community. So just having all those different interests and backgrounds and trying to apply it the best that you can, I think can be really important because it can have such a big impact on oh, you know, the community and the people involved. So. Yeah, that's going to be the most rewarding part when you see things play out in such a beautiful fashion or looking so good. And you're like, whoa, that was yeah. the head part of that. <laughs> it's yeah, part it's of that. slow. Yeah. You, have to, you have to be patient. Development is slow. But yeah, yeah. it is exciting. Well, anybody that's had a house built. Can, you know, right? Absolutely, Michael. And it's probably like multiply that by ten, right? For big projects, yeah, yeah, yeah but it, yeah, it yeah, can yeah. be. Some developers yeah. come in with very high ambitions, and it doesn't always quite work yeah, out yeah. that way. But you know, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, Michaela, can you tell us? Are there any professional certifications or anything that come along yeah. with your with? being an urban and regional planner? Mm -hmm. Mm, Good question. Yep, that is a good question. I actually just recently got that certification called AICP. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's quite the test. It's quite the process. There's kind of two different tracks that you can go for now. They have one that if you're right out of school, I would highly recommend getting your master's degree. 
in planning if possible, if it's something, you know, that the student's interested in pursuing, um, just because a lot of employers are looking for that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it is a benefit to you. But um, also, if you have a master's degree from an accredited program, you can apply and take the AICP exam after you have two years of relevant and qualifying experience. But they mm-hmm. also what was have that? A new... AEICP. What was um, AICP? American okay. Institute of Certified Planners. Okay. Um, but you also can take it directly at a school now, so they allow you to sit for the exam, and then once you have those two years of experience, then you would get certified. I don't know if oh you have gosh. to apply again. That's that's a way to do it. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah fresh in your I, mind. Jeez, I, Louise. You I would think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't have that option when I was in school. Yeah. So I had to essentially relearn. I've been out of school for about four years by the time I sat for the exam. So, you know, it was a learning process. I probably spent about four to five months studying for the exam, about oh, 30 wow. to 40 minutes a day. Um, some people yeah. study a lot less than that. I was just nervous. It's a big investment of time and money. So, right. Um, you didn't want to take it twice. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. it's about a four-hour exam. I think it was about $400 to sit for the exam. And then, like I said, you do have to go through a lengthy application process of certifying your employment experience. So you'll have to get your bosses to write letters for that. Um, you have to send transcripts from your academic institutions, as well as writing three essays to explain uh, different planning scenarios and what you have experience with. So um, it's, wow, that's it's a, a lengthy lot. process, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, it, good for you to get that under your belt. Uh, thank wow. you. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And that will help you probably as you go forward in your career, having that credential Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're looking at more senior positions or if you're trying to be a director of a small community or or any type of planning field, really, they eventually start saying players are looking for it. So it's not right when you're starting out in your career. But as you progress through your career, you're going to want the certification at some point. You're going to want that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What is the one thing you would tell someone to research before they decided to apply to planning school? That's a good question. I I think my biggest thing is I would have loved to have done more internships or shadowing. It's mm-hmm. I think it's a requirement for a lot of med school type programs is to do mm-hmm. some shadowing hours. And that's not something that's required with planning, but it might be a good opportunity to see the different fields and different environments that planners work in and knowing whether it's something that you're interested in. I'm recommending that to a lot of uh, young people I work with now. I encourage them mm-hmm. to try to get internships right in college in their areas of interest because mm-hmm. then they come out with something to put on their resume, but it, they can also decide if this is something they even want to do, you know? Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. And if you're going to be an urban planner, I mean, maybe even in just in high school, you go down to your local place and say, hey, can I like, I don't know, hang out for a couple of days. Yeah. Right, job shadow. Yeah. File papers oh, yeah. or right. job, job you know, whatever. Right, or even yeah. if you get the most entry-level position, you can at least have a first bird's-eye view of what that job would mm-hmm. be like. And you could say, well, maybe I'm not interested in the planning position, but that engineer job over there or that GIS position over there looks pretty good. Yeah, definitely. If you're working in any sort of development, you would get a lot of you know hands-on experience or a unique perspective if you are to go volunteer at a at your local community and sit in on some of those meetings and see how the whole process works and see if you do like the engineering aspect or the planning aspect, or maybe you want to be the attorney that 
sits in and is, you know, working right. uh, for the community. So it kind of, uh, it gives you a good perspective. I actually did an internship in the community that I grew up in, in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate to have a family friend that set up an internship for me there. So I got to work under the planner. Do you want to give months. him a shout out? Uh, Joe Doran. Yeah, shout out to Joe Doran. Um, yeah, shout out to Joe Doran. <laughs> um, he, he Way to go, Joe. Been, great and he's been a reference for me for many jobs I've gotten so Uh, um, I've been fortunate to have him help me through my career but yeah I I would certainly recommend hands-on experience I just think it's the best way to understand if it's something that you actually want to do because my at least my degree program is a lot more theoretical so it gave you a good background of you know some of the different planning theories and topics but it doesn't necessarily give you that hands-on perspective of what you're going to be doing in the day to day. So mm-hmm. being able to see that for yourself, it might give you a better perspective. It's a, if it's something that you actually want to do or not. Definitely. Good advice. That is yeah. great advice. <laughs> all right, Michaela. Well, hey, you did a great job explaining all about being an urban and regional planner. <laughs> but now before we let you go, we have to plague you with <laughs> 10 rapid fire questions that ten. we like to said yes, a few. 10 oh yeah <laughs> 10 easy peasy no pressure rapid fire questions Perfect. are you ready i'm ready <laughs> okay what talent do you wish you had ooh i wish i had a singing voice me too. Oh, That's me what too. I would, I would love to have that talent. <laughs> I, mean, I, I unfortunately on. do not. It does not stop me from singing, but I feel bad God for no. everyone around me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Totally. Yeah. That is the one thing I'm like d- singing and then, you know, maybe a professional dancer. That was a great that, question too, Yeah, Bobby. that's a one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have yeah, you professional been- dancer. That would be Yeah, <laughs> it would be. All right. We just want to have all those talents. I know. All right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Have you binge watched anything lately? And if so, what? Um, I just binge watched Orphan Black. Um, I just finished that. Oh, yeah. I've watched Orphan Black. Have you? I it's love a great that. show. Yep. It's, yeah, it keeps yeah. you interested. Um, and I'm watching Designated Survivor now. Um, I just were on I've the first season. I've also watched that. I'm sounding like a <laughs> <laughs> Netflix junkie here. No, they're oh good. My. I, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I come just, on, we're in lockdown here. Exactly. <laughs> I know. What else are you supposed to do? <laughs> I just saw uh, someone make a comment on Twitter, and I think it was a writer for Running Woman's Running that she said, Netflix, please stop asking us if we're still watching. Yes, we're all still watching. <laughs> we're all glued. We're all still watching. <laughs> yeah. Don't need left. to ask us that anymore. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Okay. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? Oof. Um, I am going Taking to blame that my, my... Yeah, that was pretty scary. <laughs> I, I am going to blame my good friend Rachel Schneider for the scariest uh-huh. thing I've ever done. Um, when we did Angels Landing out in Utah, um, oh, I, Rachel, yeah, right, you tell, guys are familiar with it. her. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, tell we, us about it. You know, doing a road trip with a professional runner, I do not yeah. recommend doing it. <laughs> um, this girl had me hiking up like 15,000 out in Colorado the day oh, after we get gosh. there. But yeah, once I survived Colorado and doing three or four hikes there over three days, um, we uh, went down to Utah and we did, we were in Bryce Camp, or sorry, Zion National Park. And yep, there's Zion a trail National there Park, called yep. Angel's Landing. And if you look it up, you're 
you're walking on this narrow little path and there's like thousand foot drop offs on either side and you're uh, holding onto this chain and it's it's terrifying. <laughs> okay, that sounds awful, but yeah. I just have to say nothing it's probably it sounds like it's totally misnamed. I mean Angels Landing. It I mean, is. And you know, we were deceived <laughs> because they did say it was a difficult rating. But we saw this couple, we went to one of the ranger talks and there was this couple and they were both wearing flip-flops and jeans and they were just like, oh yeah, we just came from Angel's Landing. It was great. And we're like, oh, well, <laughs> they can, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. No problem. Wow, we get totally. up there and I was like, Rachel, what were we thinking? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. They didn't do Angel's Landing. I know. <laughs> I, well, there is a turnaround right before it gets to that narrow, scary oh, part. Yeah. So. You know, right. and if I weren't to blame Rachel, I were to blame her dad because he's had me hanging <laughs> off a few cliffs in this day yeah. as well. So. Yeah, I know. What the heck? They, they get that same gene the free solo guy has. They so do, like I think. <laughs> or that lack of fear gene. I know. All right. Of course, we love him, though. Uh, yes, of course. We absolutely do. So, favorite concert? Oof. Oh, gosh. I've been to quite a few concerts in my day. Um, right. Let's see. I I would say I went to this concert in Albany and now 21 Pilots is a very big band. Everyone knows him. But yeah, yeah. Um, I went and it was this tiny little venue. You could almost hit the roof with your hand or hit the ceiling oh. with your hand by yeah. standing in there. And um, I was probably 10 rows back and they weren't quite as big then. And Mr. Wives opened for them, which is another one of my favorite bands. And the energy oh, in there was just incredible. They're an amazing live experience. Um, I don't know as much now because they've grown so much. I haven't seen them in a couple of years, but um, wow, it, that it was, was amazing. What was, the, what was the warm-up band again? Uh, Mr. Wives. Mr. Wives. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Wise. They're a fun we're too, pop we're too band. Old, Meg. <laughs> well, Shout out to Mandy. <laughs> we'll link those in the show notes in case anybody yeah, wants right. to check it out. I know. Yeah, I know Twenty One Pilots. So. Yeah, right. yeah, they're yeah. pretty big now. That, yeah, no one yeah. knew them back then when I went to go see them. But so cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Can you drive a stick? I can. Um, my mother forced my hand <laughs> and bought me a stick. <laughs> I I didn't. I couldn't even turn the car on. I sit down to go check it out when we're sitting in the car sales lot, and I was like, "Mom, I think the car's broken. I can't turn." It on. <laughs> and so my mom's signing the papers, and I've got the salesman doing laps in the parking lot with me, trying to teach me stick. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you got to push in the clutch to start a car? Oh, I know, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> Bobby I didn't even know there was a clutch. What? Bobby and I had to take our driver's test in a standard. Yes. Was, oh and we gosh. had to parallel park and pull, yes. park on a hill. Damn so. straight we did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pass and not flying some, colors. Not, not a That's small impressive. hill either. Oh, yeah, a tough no. hill. It was, yeah. well, I think my favorite story is like a 90 when... degree hill. No. <laughs> Just <laughs> of course, both ways. <laughs> At least both <laughs> ways. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I think my favorite story is your sister Patty getting in a truck to try and move it, and it was an automatic, and she has to come back <laughs> out and say, "I don't know how to drive this thing." <laughs> that is a good story. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah. That is an awesome one. <laughs> yeah. How do you drive an automatic? <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. Assuming you have any of this product in your household at the moment, mm-hmm. what's the correct way to hang the toilet paper? Oh, um, with the, I don't know how to say it, but with the paper over top. 
So, there you go. Yes. Yes. Correct. I don't know what the correct, correct term is, but yes. Over the top. Yeah. Over yeah. the top. Right. Okay. Phew. All right. <laughs> I think we all agree. Yeah. So we don't have to have a fight. All right. Least favorite chore. Ooh. Um, does cooking count? <laughs> yeah. I, I consider that a chore. All right. Especially, Perfect. I mean, when you're cooking just for yourself, I have no sympathy. Wait till you have to cook for four people or whatever. Nobody wants what you're oh, doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Up with a, but uh, yeah, so yeah, no, I'm right where yeah, we Yeah, it's okay. a really tough job for Richard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I gave up cooking as soon as the kids left the house. I said, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. done cooking. I respect and so it. my poor husband had to learn how to cook. And, uh, of course, the kids are back now, so you're back in action, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't even. Don't even. Okay. Whole nother podcast. All right. Yeah. Um, what can you cook or bake with confidence, which is an ironic question after yeah, your last answer. Oh, geez. Yeah, I, I am not a fantastic cook. Um, I can make an egg sandwich, though. I'm pretty good at making an egg sandwich. All right. For yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. All right. Yep. Okay. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, mm-hmm. what do you do? Um, That's a good question. Sometimes I'll scroll on my phone, but usually I just kind of lay there and wait <laughs> until I can okay. fall back to sleep. I'm going to give you my tip. This is All what right. I do. So I have books on tape. You know, mm. or not on tape, but that's like the old name. But I have audiobooks, and um, I will put one on that. I, you know, I have my headset obviously, so I don't wake up my husband. But put one yeah. on that um, is one that I already listened to, so it's not like um, it doesn't captivate I, you. It doesn't captivate me, and I'm telling you right now, I go right back to sleep. It's like it yeah. works mm. for me. So that's my tip. That or is a good anybody's podcast. welcome to use it. Yeah. <laughs> what I do the same, and I'll or a you podcast. Do like, yeah, I do the same or thing. Or a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And but it has to be one I have already heard. You know what it does? I think it takes your mind off whatever you're thinking about. That's what it is. You yeah. start yeah. listening to the story, and then boom, you're right back up. Boom. Yeah, that you got sense. it. Works like a charm. It does yeah. work like a charm. So that's the tip. You're Good welcome. Tip. All Thank right. you. <laughs> This is All not right. so much a Last rapid fire. <laughs> no, I don't know why we call it that. This we is we a really slow should rename fire. it. Right. <laughs> molasses. Remember molasses. The molasses fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one. Uh, All right. Last one. Okay. All right. What was your first job ever? Not, not like babysitting, but like first job mm. you got a paycheck for. Um, first job I got a paycheck for, it was... Well, I had two jobs that summer. I think they were simultaneous. One of them was working for the Parks and Rec Department. So I was a camp counselor. Mm-hmm. See that? It was in your future. Parts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was prepping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think the same summer, I could be wrong, um, is when I worked for a family friend uh, at their cement company. So I'd pour the cement into their trucks. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, Michaela, you think about that, right? It's yep. all come to fruition. It's all coming together. <laughs> full circle, full circle. Yeah, See, exactly. Those first jobs, you never know where those You never first know jobs where they're going to take you. <laughs> okay, you made it, Mick. Oh, I did. One thing you should add is some of those early jobs that you had, such as, you know, lifeguarding or soccer coach or whatever, mm-hmm. teach it, well, maybe not so much soccer coaching, but lifeguarding, teaching you those customer service skills that come in handy today. Yep refing as well as a soccer ref 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Dealing with those angry parents and coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Refereeing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Good point. That was good. Hate a person on the field. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for coming on and sharing what it takes to become an urban and regional planner. We so appreciate it and we love you. Yeah, love you guys too. Thanks for having me on. Loved having you, Michaela, and we will look forward to seeing you sometime soon, I hope. All right, yeah, me too. Sounds good. Stay safe down there in Kentucky. You guys too. (laughs) Okay. Okay, thank you. It was so wonderful chatting with Michaela and, you know, learning about her career. Even though I'm her mom, I don't hear things in that much detail. So that was really fun for me. Yeah, definitely. I learned a lot, too. Like, usually when we get together, it's crazy family time. And, you know, you get one or two things about everybody. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But you don't get you don't get the full detail. We'll have to podcast with the whole family just so we can get some info. Yeah, all all 40 of them. (laughs) Yeah, all 40 of them. But hey, Michaela did a great job. Thank you, Michaela, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, honey. We really appreciate it. And thank you, all of you, for tuning in and listening today. means a lot. We really appreciate every listener. Yes, and please, please, please do us a favor. Subscribe to our podcast, rate, review, comment, any of those things, all of those things. We could really use your help. Sign up for our email or follow our blog. Yeah, any of those things. And to everyone that takes the time to do that, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. It only takes a second, swear to God. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it helps us a lot. It really Uh, does. Tremendously. All right, well, hey, have a great day, everybody. Hope everybody's safe and healthy. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. And this has been an Academic and Career Advising Services production.